Welcome to episode 24 of the Alicast. Of course, it is I, Phantom Alicard, bringing in the day. Hopefully, you all have had a wonderful week. I hope you all are ready for the weekend. And I'm coming I'm coming in today because uh, there's quite a bit of stuff that happened. Of course, there's a little bit of drama that we'll cover in the quick news. There were some drops. Uh, rumors that are that are getting cleared up as usual because that's the norm in the gaming space. Once, once leaks, quote-unquote leaks happen... Then we start to, then we start to speculate on said leaks. We start to speculate not just on the not just on the leak itself, but the credibility of the leaker. So, quite a bit has happened. I've been able to sit down and compare the Xbox Series to the PS5, and I'll get into that in a little bit, actually. But let me tell you, uh, I am thoroughly enjoying my PS5 experience as much as I as much as I did when I when I got the Xbox series, I enjoyed that experience as well. But if you listen to the last episode, I did say that I will probably be doing a lot of my gaming on PS five at the moment, just because while I can look at, I can look at both of them and say that there's not really much out in the gaming space at the moment. Cause third party, third parties have been really, really, really raking in, raking in the sales because it's hard to get, it's hard to get an Xbox exclusive for one. That's that's good at least because they're, they're so few and far, like really few and far between. And most of those are timed exclusives. Whereas with PS5, they have a different problem. Like they have a lot of great exclusives. They just come out way too far apart. So it just feels like there's not really a lot that's 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 there. And yet, and still, I still think there's more to do on the PS5 than there is on the Xbox Series at the moment. And I can make those judgment calls, because I know last episode, I probably sounded like a series fanboy, like a, like a straight-up, like, PS5 is, is the ruler of the world, and I don't believe that. I I am enjoying my, my PS5 experience, but I do not think they rule gaming. I'm just I'm just going to clarify that. There are certain areas in the gaming space that they rule, just like there are certain areas in, in, in the space that Xbox rules. There's certain, there's, there's a huge amount that PC rules. And there are certain spaces that Nintendo rules. And it, it's, it's just a, it's, it, it's a, it's a balancing thing. It's, de- it's definitely been a balancing deal. And I'm finding that now that I'm back, I'm, I'm current once again, that it's it's really hard to find that balance, especially when you get a new piece of equipment, you get a new piece of hardware, and you just want to explore it. You just want to you just want to see everything that it has to offer. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that for anybody. I don't care who you are. And 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 all honesty, I will say that if it, to me, I'm not interested in the console wars. Like I've I don't think I can make that any clearer than I have in the last. 23 episodes actually like i think that you should buy whatever it is that you prefer and i'm not gonna insult you for it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and try and pocket watch you for everything that you purchase because you know what you do for your money you work for your money you you can buy whatever you want with your money who am i to tell you what to do i can make suggestions on what's what's what what might not be a wise purchase and what what could be but I think a lot of you have uh, have a wherewith have the wherewithal to understand what it is that you prefer 
and what you don't prefer. So it's not really an obligation of mine to sit here and and basically just tell you what to buy and what not to buy. I can only make suggestions. That's all I do. But I watched uh, to to kind of this is a horrible segue, but to 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 transition, I watched I watched a little bit. Uh, uh, not even a little. I watched the second episode of of The Last of Us. And I said in the last episode that if the second, I was going to determine the show based off of the second episode. Of course, the second episode isn't as long. And, and let me, let me be clear because I want to, I want to, I want to do the disclaimer. There are spoilers. So if you want to skip past this part, cause you haven't seen it yet, then, then feel free to do so. Especially if you've not played the game. I noticed because again, I'm a comment reader. I watched the episode, I made my own determination, but you know, I can't resist after I watch to just read reviews and then look at the comments. I'm a huge comment reader. I'm sure a lot of you are. I love, I think comments are absolutely hilarious. Um, there are, there are certain comments that just make you question whether or not people have actually it makes you question certain opinions, but there's a lot of them that just, you get to learn a lot of, uh, a lot of things from people too. For instance, there's a lot of people that's watching this show that have never played the game. And I think that's pretty cool. I don't think, I think with, with how the show is going right now that you don't even have to play the game to, to, to enjoy this. I think that if you watch this show, it'll do one of two things. It'll either, you'll either get the gist of the story and you'll say, you know, I probably don't need to play the game. And in all honesty, you don't. When I watched this story, if I had never played The Last of Us, I could easily say that I would have never needed to play it. Or for new time viewers, for, for anybody new to the franchise that's viewing this that hasn't played the game, it might inspire them to go play the game. This show holds steady to the story, but it also adds on extra elements that the game never really added, that, that, that the game never really had. And to be fair, when you're developing a game, it's a lot different than when you're filming something. When you're filming something, there is a lot that goes, to, that goes into a physical something something creating something from fantasy into reality there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of planning that goes into it and there's a lot of planning that goes into it from from the development side too like there's a lot of you got to make sure your hard you got to make sure your hardware and your software are, are compatible you got to make sure that everybody understands you're still directing a movie when you're doing games like this it's just two totally different works right there are things though in the gaming industry that I kind of that watching this and I've always kind of I've always thought about this but this has really confirmed it for me that when you look at when you look at adaptations cuz I know in the last episode I'm sick of adaptations but this one, this one is really pretty good but when you look at adaptations there are certain limitations that an adaptation probably has but there in this particular case it's the exact opposite it seems like The Last of Us had a lot of, of, of limitations 
that they had to work around because they weren't able to get all of the story in. And so then when I look back at it and I say, and I, I've, I believe I've said this in earlier episodes when it came to the last of us is that there is a lot of the last of us part two that I felt could have been DLC for the last of us part one things that would have, that would have introduced us to that would have introduced us to the new characters in the second one things that would have made sense to connect so that we can actually so that we can actually know who Abby is and all that and and know why her and Ellie are actually or or it would have set the story for the second one a lot better it would have cut that game significant it would have cut that game in half significantly there are things in the second one I felt could have been it, it, towards the end of the second part that I felt could have been DLC, right? There are limitations to what they can do in a game or what maybe what they thought they could do in a game at the time. If they had put, let, let me just put it to you this way. If they had put everything that they have put into this series into that game, both games would have been 50 hours in total. They weren't able to get a lot of the things that you get, like the, like the intros to the to to the episodes. Each episode has had an intro. You've got the news. You you've had the guy in the first episode that was sitting there discussing discussing these 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 events that occurred with 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 the clickers, the 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 fungus strain. You've had the second one where the woman was investigating it, and then it goes right into the story, and that's something that that in itself is amazing is amazing that they're able to actually add that stuff in because there were questions I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of questions that we that a lot of us that played the game had whereas a lot of people that haven't played the game are just like okay well I like this story so you don't really have anything to compare it to and I think that's I think that's great because that just makes a story that much better for you I honestly, I honestly say to anybody that's never played the game, you're getting a better story. You're getting an even better story than you did if you played the game. And the game had a great story. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the game was terrible. Like the game had a terrible story. The game's story was amazing. That game immersed you into the story. It, it The story hugs you and says, come into my house and be a part of this story. But there is so much more in this series that Neil Druckmann has has added into has added into this. And I think it's and I said it last episode, I think that is an advantage. When you have the when you have the producer of an IP directing an adaptation, I think that's much better than somebody who's a fan of it that's taking that vision of whoever created it and turning it into their own. I think that's a lot of where a lot of people just miss the miss the miss where a lot of the adaptations are, are where the adaptations go south from because these people that are creating it are either fans or they just want them or or they just want to milk milk the IP for whatever they think they can get out of it in the movie industry, right? So with that being said, as as anybody who's never viewed this you are getting much more out of this in the in the TV series than you within than you would in the game. But I I still encourage you to play it because it's it's really a lot of fun to play it. This show, let me also say, 
this show is graphic. This show is more graphic than the game was. You're seeing a lot more of the detail of how clickers are created from the beginning of the second episode where the lady was doing the autopsy and finding out what was going on. And she's looking and this thing just comes crawling out of this, uh, out of the victim's mouth. And it's just, it's just gross, but it's just, it's so, it's so, it, it's nasty, but you can't help but keep watching it. And then learning that it really is helpless because this lady that they bring in is supposed to be like the, one of the top, the top vaccine producers or whatnot. And when the, when the guy asks her like, is there a vaccine? What can we do? Bomb the city. Stop this thing from coming out. You got 15 people out there that you don't even know where they are. Three of them you've had to put down. And there's nothing really that you can do about this. Now, when it comes to the story, they're following the story to, uh, to a great T. But what I say is more graphic because there was a lot of things that, that was, and this is why I bring up the review, the reviews, because reviews love to put a spin on, on things. They love to put a spin. They love to say, well, people thought that the, the end of the episode was gross because of the, the, the kiss at the end. That was way more details and way more graphic than in the game. In fact, you, I, if I remember correctly, you don't even get to see how she, how she actually dies. You just know that she's going to die. You don't get to see what's going on. If I remember correctly, I could very well be wrong about that. Cause it's been a while since I played it. So, but that kiss at the end with a guy, with a guy, the, one of the clicker stops, looks at her and he's basically the, the strain is connecting to her because the clicker knows she's been infected already. So he's just, it's just trying to speed the process up, but the way it does it, it does it ah, it's really gross, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's article worthy. It, it, it's definitely not article worthy to sit there and critique such a small thing. It, it, it's gross, but it's such a small thing to sit there and say, well, a group of people, well, a lot of people didn't like, and then, and then we go to the comments. Cause this is where I also say, I think comments are funny. There's a lot of people that are just like, where, why is this even an article? Because it doesn't need to be an article. It's a part of the show. I believe this. I believe that Neil Druckmann knew what he wanted to do with this show versus what he could possibly do with the game that's what i believe i truly believe that to the fullest i believe that he said look guys he sat in the he sat in the room pitched the idea and said hey guys there are some things i wasn't able to do in the in the game that i really want to do in this show and i believe that we can get it done here now the episode itself, I said it's an hour. The truth be told, it's probably about 50, 54 minutes, 55, 54 to 55 minutes to be exact, because the last of the last of it, the last of it is like the the behind the scenes 
behind, behind the scenes deal. So you actually get to, to see what goes on in the creative process. I skip that because it's just like, I don't need to see what you, what you all are doing. I could already appreciate the effort and detail that you're already putting into this. So I want to say congratulations to this show so far. I think this show will be, I think this show will do really well. I like what I saw in the preview. I think they're going to, I, I honestly think I can, I can predict they're going to have a lot of star power in this, in this show based off of how, how the next episode is going to go. They're following the story directly as it needs to be or as it was intended. Thanks to Neil, of course, but, but you know what I mean? I like how they're doing it. It leads to question how they're going to lead into season two. Cause I know there's going to be a season two. There's no way there cannot be a season two. The only thing I will say is that before they start creating season two, we need to get a part three. We need to see what happened to Abby. I think part three, if you, if you were going to introduce Abby, I know Abby wasn't so well taken at the beginning. And I, I personally didn't really care about her too much because it was just like, she was just, it just seemed like they just threw her in there, right? I think that if you're going to do a story, Ellie's story should be over. And if it's not, then introduce Ellie as a supporting character to Abby. Because I think Abby should be the next, the next person. Because Ellie's turn has already, has already passed. It's already passed. We already knew what her purpose was. That purpose has already been passed. It, 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 Joel basically stopped her purpose for his own for his own selfish gain, and in the end, it cost him his life. And 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 that's that's why I say like I'm curious as to how they're going to run it. If they're going to do a second season, put out a third game before you do the next season. So congratulations to the show. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I'm going to keep watching the episodes. I probably won't talk about it too, too much more. I just wanted to get a little bit into the second episode and kind of some of my thoughts on it. And with that being said, enjoy the show for what it's worth. Like there's, there's going to be things to nitpick about it, but those things aren't even worth, aren't even worth it. Just, I reckon, I highly recommend watching it. So we're going to get into the quick news. We have, we have a little, we have a few things. We have a couple of things to cover. Of course, last week we talked about Xbox or Microsoft making 10,000 10, cuts to employees or laying off 10,000 employees. And a lot of people were talking about how that's going to hit, how that's going to hit 343. And well, we know how it's hitting 343. It started with a rumor train, started with the rumor train, of course, as everything goes, where it was said that 343 is being relinquished of be overseeing Halo or, or creating Halos and that they were only going to be the overseer. They were going to outsource the, the development to other people and they were just going to they were just going to manage how it was developed. That's not the case at all. What's really happening is is that they're, the, the bosses are getting cut. Because there was a lot of complaints in 343, the underlings of 343 that were saying that a lot of the a lot of the reason why Halo is the way that it is is because it's poor, it's poor, it's it's poor management, it's poor choices from poor from poor management. And I can't and I and and honestly looking at it, I can't agree more because you know, as a dev, you're only there to take orders. And I can't stress that enough. We all know that at this point. I don't have to say that. You're only taking orders. 
you're taking orders from the uh, from from the higher ups. You're not really you're not really you're not really able to to have input. I said this about Ubisoft. It's the same goes for three four three and every every other team that's in development. It, it it's just all in depending. It just all depends on how the management is actually decides to manage their team. And if the management is just up there saying, well, take it in this, 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 in this direction, you're giving us the players a roadmap and the roadmap isn't even, and you're not even really giving us a roadmap. You're just sitting there in silence for most of it. The last thing that we heard, I believe was in November. If I, if I, I could very well be wrong. And I, I think I said this last episode, the last thing we heard was from November. And that was a lot to take in because there was supposed to be some stuff dropping this March or I believe it was January, one of the two. And I think I covered that, but it was just, it it just seemed like, it just seems like we were getting nothing. The context is the, the content is lack is lacking. There's just uh, your, your storyline, your storyline is way too simple to complete. It's, it, there there were things that when this game came out and I praised it for it earlier on were saying that you can come out with an incomplete game and it looks amazing and it could look amazing all you all it wants to but it doesn't have the longevity that it should have had if you would have come out with this with the full product like you didn't come out with the co-op you didn't come out with forge right away which there's a lot of people that enjoy forge in turn you have a player base from what I understand, they have a player base on Steam of less than 2,000 people. That, and, it, and it seems to fluctuate. It goes between 2,000 and 4,000 players on Steam alone. So if that's like that on Steam, then how, many, how much of your player base is actually on your Xbox? How, many player ba- how much player base do you have on Game Pass for your Game Pass subscribers? How, uh, what, what, what is the future? What is the actual future of Halo? Does Halo even have a future anymore? It's it's those things that when you have poor management, it leaves those questions out in the open to be asked. And when we have to ask that, we lose interest. We are no longer in a space where you can do the things that you used to do with DLC, where you could wait like six months to put out DLC. No, we are now, we are now in a world where things got to be on top you got to be on top of things you have to you have to be able to give answers when they are needed and things are a lot more fast-paced than they were when halo first came out it's it's just a different space so you have 343 industries that came out and said no these stories are not true we are still going to be creating but Phil Spencer and, and the heads at Microsoft have said you know this management is not really getting us anywhere it's time to start producing. I am really hoping that this is the spark that is needed to jolt Microsoft this year and creating and producing everything that they have promised over the last over the last seven years because they have made a lot of promises. They always come out with these with these with these showcases and they promise like 150 games and then they only come out with like eight of them. And they're not even in the eight games that they come out with are like in the span of like two years. And they're not even interesting. We can only blame a pandemic for so long too, because everybody, again, I've said this before, we're all outside again. Everybody is outside. And I understand if you're still taking precautions, but even those precautions should not hinder development. They, they should not hinder anything unless it is serious. Like 
like Ukraine stopped the uh, Ukraine stopped uh, Stalker Two. It, it didn't exactly stop it; it postponed it. There are things that I can understand that postpone game development. I understand that if it is not ready, that you have to push a game back, because honestly, I'd rather take you pushing a game back rather than you saying promising a game that's going to come out and it comes out and it's not polished it's not golded it's not anything and that's basically what it seems like happened with 343 now though it wasn't as bad as as uh, as as cyberpunk as a cyberpunk release it's still in the same ballpark so with that being said we're seeing how this how this layoff this massive layoff it's actually affecting 343 and it doesn't seem like it's affecting 343 in a bad way it's 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 affecting 343 in a way that is needed they definitely need to get new management we need roadmaps for halo fans we need that stuff if you want people to continue to be playing your game you need the longevity so 343 i really hope you get some good management I hope Phil Spencer is uh, Phil Spencer and the heads of Microsoft are able to get you some new management. I hope that Halo Infinite gets better because I want to get back into it. I haven't played it in almost a year now because it just it got boring. So good luck to 343 and my best wishes to all the all those that that are uh that are out of there that had poor management i hope you all learn your lesson because you're gonna need to in other news we have the ps4's version of a pro controller that just dropped it is called the dual sense edge which is a 200 dollar controller which is only 20 bucks more than the xbox's pro uh pro series controller pro 2 which I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of, uh, there seems to be good reviews about this thing. Like it seems like there, it seems more fluid in the controls. It just has the, it, it just is more prone to, to, to early drift. The, the only reason why I'm covering this is for one, for anybody that does want to purchase it, it seems like it's, it's a good thing for you. I didn't even purchase an Xbox Pro controller my, personally myself. I, I, I just couldn't. I, 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 I don't believe there's a reason for me to have to come. Uh, like, I do like the fact that you can program your buttons to, to wherever you want to. You could do that with the base controller too, to an extent. But it is not the extent of a Pro controller. There are things that it makes sense for the ps5 controller though and that's kind of one of the comparisons i was talking about a little bit a little bit earlier on that i I wanted to talk about because i was playing so just to kind of give you an example i decided to veg out because i was getting frustrated with 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 demon souls a little bit and i decided to veg out and play a little bit of call of duty modern warfare 2 and when i first get on on with the with the ps5 i'm sitting there and i encounter my first enemy and i can't shoot the i can't shoot the fucking gun for some reason i can't do it and i'm just like wait my 
my my my my trigger wasn't this tight before so i i figured out i had to pull it harder because they make it realistic for the for, for the ps5 controller i couldn't pull the fucking trick so i had to pull it harder and it's they try to make it like an actual trigger right and then at that moment i'm like holy shit it makes sense for the ver- the, the, the 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 between the two controllers it makes sense for them to update the dual sense controller it makes sense because it's more there the control the dual sense controller actually immerses you in the game this time it's not like the ps4 where you just get the little sound effects in the in the middle of the controller no this actually this actually immerses you into the game versus the the xbox controller where it's just like i get an update for this for this controller and it doesn't make sense because there's nothing about the xbox controller that immerses me into the game it's just more so for synchron it just seems like it's for synchronization purposes right it doesn't make sense for the xbox controller to get updates like i have more drift problems with the xbox controller within my first month of owning a series i had to get a new controller within the first month and with this controller I've only had it for two weeks. It still feels great. It still feels, whereas like the Xbox controller started, you could feel the drift happening. And I'm just like, why is this happening so soon? It's just like, it just feels like the Xbox controller is more cheaply made than that, than the PS5 controller. So when it comes to this, when it comes to this pro controller for the PS5, the DualSense Edge, it would make sense why they would charge $200. A lot of the reviews say, you probably don't need it. And I tend to agree because here's my problem with Sony. Sony comes out with some good products. Okay. My problem is, is that they like to charge. They like to charge damn near the same price for their products as they do for their actual console for the base console. And it's just ridiculous to me. So for me, I'm just looking at this controller. It's like, Oh, this looks great but I could do so much more with $200. You know what I could do with $200? I could buy at least three games and probably, or, or that's just for recreational purposes. With $200, I could pay bills. Let's, let's just, build, let me sound like a responsible adult for a second. I could use $200 to pay bills. Or if that $200 is extra money and spending, I could just get like three games that I've never purchased before probably. And I would be good with that. There's the, the, it it seems like they put a lot of effort into this and $200 is, is, is a lot of money. $180 is a lot of money for a controller. Hell, sometimes I'll say this, I'll pay $70 for a regular Sony, a PS5 controller. I won't pay, so I, I can't see the point in paying 70 bucks for an Xbox controller. That's just me. I'm thinking of smart purchases. I have this issue with Sony because they know what they're doing with this. And this is how they've always marketed off their, 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 their hardware. They separate their hardware of the capabilities that they can put into one to make money on the side with others. And it's a company, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. But for me, I can't buy into that. But a lot of people can. There are a group of a specific group of people that can. And for this for this dual sense edge, it looks nice. It says the sensitivity. 
the sensitivity of it is is amazing. There are three sets of thumbstick caps with each uh, with with different heights, two types of removable rear triggers, a braided USB A to USB C cable, and it's it's a little heavier than the original controller. The, the, the because the original controller, for what it's worth, if I weigh the two of them, if I weigh the two of them, actually, because this, uh, and I'm going to show you a little bit just to just to kind of immerse you into my world a little bit. I'm going to show you why for those of you that are actually watching this on, on YouTube, I'm sorry for those that are just listening, I'm going to immerse you into my world a little bit. This controller right here versus this one, this is heavier. It's heavier. You know why it's heavier? Cause I got a battery pack in it. This if, I didn't have a battery pack in that. This controller would actually be heavier. So it's about 55 grams heavier. Cool. I don't mind that because I'm already used to it with the Xbox, right? If this was cheaper or if let's say in a, in a different world that I decided I wanted to purchase this, this, this piece of, this piece of hardware, right? I don't care about that. It's that it seems more prone to, to, to drift. It's, it's more prone to drift. And that's a small, it's not, it's not really a small setback for $200. I don't think that much is worth it. But if you get, it says you get quicker action, quicker melee strikes. You get, you get, it's a lot more sensitive. So all in all, it seems like it's a good piece of hardware. I just don't believe in paying $200 for a controller. $70 is hard enough for, for the controller that I showed for the PS five controller, a regular one, I'll pay $75 for cause it makes sense or 70 bucks for this. I won't, I can't, there was one, I, I said it before. I love to read comments one comment when it came to an article I read that said I can't take a console seriously that still takes double A batteries and I don't blame them because we're in a new age now and while this seems like a great controller and it feels better don't get me wrong it feels better than the last gen it just doesn't make sense to pay that much maybe 50 maybe 50 but Congrats to this drop. I will not be spending money on it. And I am cool with not spending money on it. To get to other Sony news, we have new rumors of a PS5 Pro that has been circulating for the last three weeks that I didn't cover because I wanted to see how long this was going to take. And to be honest, I'm glad that we have a reliable source such as Tom Henderson to set the record straight because it was rumored that there was going to be a PS5 Pro and then shortly after there was going to be a PlayStation 6 which we're only we're, it, it's only coming out and and Tom Henderson point, pointed this out that this generation will be 3 years old by the end of this year. So, the real deal is 
well, according to Tom Henderson, is instead of a PS5 Pro, they're not focusing on a PS5 Pro, instead focusing on a second-generation PlayStation 5 that will either include or be separated with a removable disk drive. So that means you will either you can either pick up a second gen PlayStation 5 that comes with the removable the removable disk drive or you can get the PlayStation 5 as a digital as a digital version and get the disk drive separately. Again, keep in mind I just said Sony is really good at separating their hardware and selling them at a certain amount of cost and we all and and there is a group of people that will buy into this, right? Which I don't think it's all the way bad. I think that's cool that you get the option to at least have a disk drive. Now, but the only thing is, is that I don't know how much this is going to cost. But if it's Sony, I'm thinking we're gonna we're gonna be looking for just the disk drive alone. I think you're gonna be looking at around two hundred to two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty dollars, which is which if 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 they're doing this i would imagine they would cut the cost even more for a digital version because a point was made in in in, in the article that said that normally around this actually it wasn't even by the articles by tom anderson that was like around this time this is about the time where we start to see playstation's price price points drop around year 3 so we'll get we'll we'll, we'll start to We'll, we'll start to see the price drops and then normally the following year you get like a pro a pro or a slim version of some sort right but that doesn't and and, and, and since we're not getting a pro version we're getting we're getting a gen 2 it seems like they're trying to move in a direction that I think they thought maybe they should have moved in when they first came out now the only thing is, is that if you are a Gen 1 owner, you're not going to, it's not going to be compatible with your Gen 1. Meaning that, I mean, we all know what it means, but for those of you that don't understand, it is basically, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to connect the C drive, the C, the C, C cable into the back of your Gen 1 and think that you're going to be able to, to, to utilize it the same way as a Gen 2. I'm actually curious as to what the what the design is actually going to look like because there are so many rumors that have been that have been circulating around this. One point that they do that they do make because you know they did just drop the DualSense Edge. You got the PSVR2 which is coming out very very soon. They have and, and there's a project here that that I didn't even notice about that that I that I didn't even know about. Sorry, notice about that, that I didn't even know about. It's called Project Leonardo, and an accessibility focused controller for the for the PS5. And I don't, I have no clue as to what that is, so I'm not going to speak on it. But it just seems like they have a lot that's coming out as far as hardware. Of course, we talked about it a little bit last week's episode, where they have thirty something odd games and only eight coming out for the PS4. It seems like Sony and and with them being able to use the the productivity that now that they're able to get the PS4s out, it's like you're gonna see. Uh, and I said it last, I believe I said it last episode. Like you are definitely going to see Sony take off. 
Like it, it's going to be like they never left. And that's, and that's kind of where Microsoft really needs to produce this year. They have to come out with something. They have to, they have to produce whatever it is that they announce because if they don't, then they're just going to be sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the storm to pass again. And not only that, but, but you, you may end up with a Google Stadia, which I didn't put this in the quick news, but they, they it, it is officially ended as of last week. So rest in peace to Google Stadia. We could possibly see that with, with Microsoft, with, with Xbox. And, and not the shutdown of Xbox, but you can definitely see where they might have to just say, you know, screw the consoles. They're already going in that direction anyway. So it's like, I don't know why they're making consoles because they're trying to, they, they've already got a smart TV that they announced, which is going to have game pass on it. So, I mean, what's the point of even coming out with, with, with consoles anymore? If, if PlayStation is ultimately going to smoke you in that, in that, in that area because you're not really producing anything and you're on PC, you're on cell phones, you're on all kinds of devices. So why even go, why even go with an Xbox anymore? Just sell your controller at this point and do what your, what your idea was originally, which is, was a, was a puck or what your idea came with the, the idea you came out with later, which was a pup. So with that being said, here we go. Um, to PlayStation, you're about to see them take off this year. They already have a Gen 2 coming out, and I really don't think that's going to stop anything. I really think that that is going to push it further, I, and I think you're going to see sales skyrocket for them. So, good luck to them. I can't wait to see it. I'm not going to purchase it because it. I waited two years just to get a PS5, and the price point for that was already good enough for me so you know six hundred dollars is is way is way more is way more than enough than i needed to spend so let's get into the actual news i'm not going to spend too much time on this because i don't want to make this too too long even though it's probably going to be probably going to be long so we're getting into xbox and and Bethesda Developer Direct, which happened Wednesday. And I'm not going to lie. I thought this was going to be a whole lot of nothing because when I watch an Xbox, when I, whenever I watch something from Microsoft now, like a showcase, I think a whole lot of nothing. And let me be fair. When I watch Sony's, I think a whole lot of nothing. Whenever I see Nintendo's though, I see a lot of, I see a lot of something. You may not like it, but it makes sense for them. They've been doing directs for damn near a decade now. And they may not, they might not deliver what you want, but they deliver. And for the most part, they have release dates. So going into the developer direct, I was thinking, hey, we're going to get a lot of the same thing. A lot of a game, a lot of game announcements with a lot of playing it safe with the release dates by only putting the month and never the date, putting the year and never the date, you know, 
This is what Sony does too. I was completely and utterly wrong about that. We got 44 minutes. This article covers it. I watched it. We got 44 minutes. It started off with Minecraft Legends, which I I will admit, I've only ever played one Minecraft game, and that was Minecraft Dungeons, and I got bored with it real fast. So in my mind, if I play Minecraft Dungeons and I get bored of it really fast, then Minecraft Legends is not about to be any different to me. So I basically, this is about, about the part because I watched this on my phone. I put my phone in my pocket and I just listened to the whole deal. I kind of pulled it out from time to time just to see what was going on. And it was just like, okay, whatever. But the main reason why I did not skip through this, because I, I didn't watch this one live. I'll probably wa- I probably watched it an hour afterwards because I was working and I was busy doing stuff and, and getting ready for things to close up. Uh, I the, the main thing I, I was trying to pay attention to was whether or not this thing was going to get a release date. And it did. I was surprised. Microsoft knows release dates. That was the, that, that was my shock. They know how to put out release dates. And you're going to see this game in April 18th of 2023. That is pretty, that's pretty specific, right? We normally don't get those kind of specifics from Microsoft. So I'm just like, okay, well, I, I'm not exactly a fan of the first, the first thing that you, that you, that you've announced here. Okay. Let's move on to the next game. Forza Motorsport. Great. And I will say that this is about the point where I got disappointed because, yes, it just says they they played it really safe. It's only, we only know it's releasing sometime in 2023. So then where I got my hopes up at the beginning, it was kind of like, um, really? We're back to this? And that was my only thought is that we're going back now. We're going backwards with this Forza Motorsport. And let me tell you something. Whenever they announce a Forza Motorsport, whenever they announce Forza anything, I already expect it to be good because that's their only good title at the moment. I now, now hear me out. I say it's their only good title because it seems like that is one of their few games that they put a lot of effort into is Forza, Forza Horizons, Forza, Forza, anything Forza they will put effort into. So I expect it to be good. There's going to be 500 different cars. And while they were breaking this stuff down, they were talking about how the damage, how the damage is going to differ between cars and stuff. And I'm like, that's pretty sick. That's pretty cool. They're talking about the scenery. And then they talk about not only is it because they brought up how dangerous racing was. Racing is a dangerous sport, and it is. It is extremely dangerous. If anybody watches NASCAR, not this guy, but if anybody watches NASCAR, you know how dangerous it is. They start, they they go into the details of the damage, and the damage is going to depend on the car, and then they go into dirt accumulation because, you know, that's really important. And they probably stayed on dirt accumulation for a good solid two minutes. Depending on what car you have, you're going to have, a, you're going to see the difference of the dirt accumulation. 
and dirt accumulation is going to be really important in this. And I'm thinking, okay, can we move on? Because you have something you you already you already sold your game. You already know you have a you have quite a few player base. You're gonna have a large player base that's going to buy Forza because Forza is your best title. It's Microsoft's best title. You have a beautiful scenery yet again because you can't expect anything less. They put a lot more detail into the ray tracing. They made sure that they detailed that. And it was kind of like, why am I surprised? The whole time I'm looking at this, I'm like, I expect to be amazed by a Forza. I expect that. Like, I I don't know if I needed this to come up in the announcements at the moment. I, I don't. But you played it safe with this one. If you're going to... If there's a game you don't want to play it safe with, it would be a Forza Motorsport because there are high expectations. Now, unless you pull a Gran Turismo move, then I think you're pretty okay to set some kind of a release date. So with this one, because they didn't give us a release date, I'm going to say sometime around October, November for a release, maybe September for a release date. I could very well be wrong, but... I'm expecting a end of the year release date. So after that, they transition into Hi-Fi Rush. And boy, did they rush you into this one. They rushed you straight into Hi-Fi Rush. They said, let's skip the, let's skip the, let's skip the bullshit. Let's go straight to it. Hi-Fi Rush, which is from the developers of Evil Within, the Evil Within and Ghostwire. Hi-Fi Rush is an action game that is actually out now. It came out as of the announcement. And it was kind of a surprise because I never... Now, I don't know about you all personally. I never heard of Hi-Fi Rush. I didn't even know that was going to be in existence. So Hi-Fi Rush gets announced. It looks like a great game. I want to play it sometime. I'm probably going to play it soon, actually. I might play it after after this but they announced that which is it's pretty unique and i i personally i love unique games i get tired of the same wash rinse and repeat games over and over and over again i love unique games like this i love when games developers push the edge like this i don't care how popular it gets if i enjoy it then i enjoy it and you know i would hope that i would hope for that for you all as well so they announced this and they announced that it's out now. And it's like, wait, what? It's out? You don't even need a release date for this one because they just decided, hey, we're just going to sneak this one in because I never heard anything about it. And I could very well be wrong. Maybe they announced it in one of their previous showcases and I just uh, I hit the snooze button because I just wanted it to end. But it's $30 in the store and it is on Game Pass for Xbox and PC. So you can get it there now. They didn't announce Elder Scrolls Necrom, which I didn't really pay attention to because I haven't really been playing Elder Scrolls online. And the reason for that is, is because it's just like, I enjoy Elder Scrolls, okay? I enjoy Elder Scrolls, and I always wanted to see a an MMO. I always wanted to see an MMO version of it. But when you just don't have anybody to play with, it just gets a little long and drawn out for all the fans out there that play this i congratulate you for getting us 
for getting as much done as you have. I have a lot to do if I pick this game up though. And I like to, uh, and, and I have like a little, I don't know if it's like OCD or anything, but I will say that I have this thing where if an MMO first comes out, I have to start the MMO and continuously play the MMO. I don't care if it's just like once a week, maybe, maybe twice a week, who knows, but I would like to at least start from the beginning, do what I got to do and stay current and up to date. If I start anywhere in the middle, I feel like I'm lost. I started this game from the beginning, but I did not continuously play it. So this has no, has no bearing to me. So I kind of skipped past it. It wasn't something that I was really interested in only because of, only because of that, but it does have a release date on, uh, for PC it's March 13th of 2023 and for Xbox series XS one and PlayStation on March 28th of 2023. And then of course you got the, the elder scrolls, online high aisle again i skip past it and you just move on to where some people might or may or may not want to see a game that people may or may not want to see which is redfall which we were looking for a release date for that some of us were i wanted to see what what was actually going on and it looks pretty interesting for the most part like how you can go to safe zones and you can go to you can go to survivor zones and actually talk with talk with other survivors and it basically shows you where it's where it's based at and everything like that and we got a release date for it again microsoft knows release dates redfall releases may 2nd of 2023 and i'm just like okay so all in all we got release dates that's great. It's a great start. We have release dates for some of the games that they, for, for, I'll say most of the games that they announced. The other part is upholding those, those promises. That's the hard part. That is the part that is left to be seen. That is the part where we will sit there and we and, and and if we if we get to that date or they push it back, well, we're gonna see a lot of bad press coming towards. Not only bad press, but we're gonna see a lot of bad reception from the audience too, coming at Microsoft. Like this right here is their chance to prove themselves. They have a chance right now to prove everything that they said to be true, that they were gonna have be heavy release this year for games that their 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 layoffs are going to do some good here that starfield is going to look good see and that was my thing right because and i didn't know this before i formulated this this opinion while i was watching this is that you know this would have been a perfect opportunity for them to show starfield would have been great it would have been great for them to show Starfield because that's the that's one of their most anticipated games at the moment. But that's set for a release next month. And if they push that game back again and they can't meet the demand, that's going to be a heavy blow. I really think that's going to be a heavy blow. 
but who knows, right? All in all, I can, I'm glad to say that while there were, it wasn't exactly the greatest, but it wasn't bad either. It was one of those, it was one of those where I'll say I'm half wrong on it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. We got release dates. We got to see the games, one of the games that we, we wanted to see. Force Forza, Forza looks amazing. We expect that from Forza again. Microsoft knows how to put out release dates now. And now that that expectation has been shown, the audience is not about to let that slide if they do it again. So with that being said, this wasn't bad. While it was a bit long, and I get that, you know, they had to focus on the developers. The developers had to focus. And that was one thing I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that they focused on the devs. I'm glad that they made them get off their asses and they made the people, they filmed the, they filmed, they even filmed the offices. That was, that was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that part. I know it's small and uh, insignificant, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the offices, the office discussions because it's just like, you know, it's just a different con. It's, it's just different. I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they didn't just show the game and then do a crappy ass, a crappy ass interview afterwards that they normally do during their showcases but uh, with the developer sitting there talking about the game. Like, no, show us what's going on in your office. Let's see. Let's get more personal with you. Like, this is a better way to get personal. This is the things that we need in E3. We need more personality in E3 and less of the less of the theatrics. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if they're going to hold up to the dates that they have announced. I'm going to try Hi-Fi Rush because it looks fun. And I am not, and I will say this, I'm not going to try Hi-Fi Rush before I get to Ghostwire, which is actually coming to Xbox, to Xbox in March. But I'm just like, you know, I already got a PS5, so why not just play it now and not have to wait? And I think it's supposed to be on Game Pass too, if I'm not mistaken. But who knows? I, I I'm not gonna wait that long just to just to just to play that game. I I can if I can play it right now, and I've been anticipating playing it, then I'm going to play it. So that was 44 minutes. It wasn't 44 minutes of nothing. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it 20 minutes of nothing. 20, 20 minutes of nothing and 24 minutes of something. So that's, that's, that's a half a win. That's still a win though. That's still a win. I'm going to look at the glass half full, but that is it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope that, I hope that you all enjoy some gains. I hope that you all enjoy that. If you watch, if you watch the, the next episode of, of the last of us, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want, if you want to, if you, if you agree or disagree, or if, if there's anything you want to, or anything you want to talk about, I have links below to where you can reach me at my Twitter. I'll be on, I'll, I'll stream on Twitch. Whenever I get on Twitch, just put your notifications on. Cause I get on whatever I want to on Twitch. Now I just get on just to shoot the shit with everybody and just game. I'm just having fun with this shit now. So there's links below. You can find me out if you want to view the video version. You know where to find me at they are down there for YouTube. It's all there. It's all there. You can get, you can, you can view where I was showing the controllers and shit like that and making a little bit of the comparisons. I might do a comparison video sometime. I said that last episode. I'm debating it still. 
Because there's still stuff that I have to explore with the PlayStation 5 that I'm kind of just scratching my head with. So I want to do a video on that sometime. So with that being said, y'all have a great weekend. I'll see you all next time. Peace.